Hi, my name is Luke Vasquez. I'm 15 years old and I go to Academic Magnet High School. I'm a Star Scout with Troop 20 and I've been asked to read a scripture uh, to help with my communications merit badge. Let us pray. Holy God, speak to us what has been told from the beginning. Your word that is the foundation of the world. Amen. A reading from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 21 to 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heaven like a curtain, and spreads them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to naught, and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth. When he blows upon them, and they wither, and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them all by name. Because he is great in strength, mighty in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by God. Have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creators of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youth will faint and be weary, and the young will feel exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like wings with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. 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 Our New Testament reading comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 29 through 39. As soon as Jesus and the disciples left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick and possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak, because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered them, Let us go on to the neighboring town so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went through Galilee, Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I knew it was going to be a very full and busy day for me and that I would be spending quite a bit of time in my car. 
Now, one of the things that I've added to kind of my study life during this time of COVID is listening to podcasts. Podcasts are audio recordings on a wide-ranging list of topics, um, but I've found them very helpful to have on my phone, downloaded and available in my car for long trips sometimes. And on this particular day, I had a funeral for a church member. I was picking up some lunch to share an outside meal with someone, and I had some personal errands to run. And so I knew it was going to be a typical pastor's busy day, but with lots of time in my car. I had a particular podcast in mind, one that I had been waiting to listen to. I had been holding it back just for that right moment, just for that right amount of time in the car to enjoy. Because this particular podcast merged two subjects of great interest to me. One subject is Stoicism, and the other is the University of Arkansas Razorbacks basketball team. So as many of you know, I grew up in Fayetteville, Arkansas, not only my hometown, but home to the Arkansas Razorbacks. My grandparents, Roy T. and Christina Edwards, moved to Fayetteville and built a home just one block from campus in the 1940s so their children could go to the U of A. All four of their children did and graduated. From those four siblings came seven grandchildren, and all of us either attended or graduated from the U of A as well. I'll tell you, and my family would tell you, that my blood runs razorback red. I've called the hogs from California to South Carolina and a few places outside the United States. I'm a card-carrying member of the Charleston area Razorback alumni chapter. I try to never miss a game on TV or on the internet. And yes, to quell any questions that might be coming up, I do own one of those red Razorback hog hats, and I have been known to wear it. I thought about wearing it today, but I chose not to. Now, the other part of that podcast was about Stoicism. And Stoicism is a school of philosophy that was founded in Athens, Greece in the early 3rd century BC. It's a philosophy based on personal ethics that's informed by logic in the natural world. So when my son, a few weeks ago, when my son Raleigh told me that my beloved alma mater's new basketball coach, Eric Musselman, was being interviewed on one of our favorite podcasts called The Daily Stoic, I knew, well, I was really going to learn something. Maybe I would get some insight into the team, learn something about the coach's strategy, or just hear some good stories about this new team that he had assembled. But what I got was a lesson in dealing with waiting. You see, during the podcast, Coach Musselman, the head coach of the basketball team, was asked how he was using aspects of stoicism for his team to help them engage physically and to stay mentally sharp with all the cancellations and delays that were created by COVID. If any of you have tried to follow college or professional sports during COVID, it's been a scheduling nightmare. What Coach said really got my attention, though. Coach Musselman said that he learned something from famous NBA coach Doc Rivers of the LA Clippers. 
Coach Rivers said that his team was dealing with the ups and downs and the fits and starts of COVID with just one simple phrase, winning the weight. Meaning that they were trying to instill in their players that when outside forces caused delays or cancellation of their plans, how were they finding ways to win the weight? As a player, how were they working on their skills with possible isolation away from the gym? How were they keeping themselves COVID safe to protect themselves and protect their teammates? And how were they becoming better citizens while they had to wait? Well, of course, that thought, winning the weight, of course, turned inward. How was I winning the weight? How is my ministry winning the weight? How am I helping my community to win the weight? I think that's a really good lens for us to do some personal exploration and reflection. And, of course, as a preacher, it gets a great way for us, I think, to explore some scripture, especially our scripture reading today. But first, I think also about all the many biblical witnesses that came to mind as I thought about people in the Bible that waited. I just first thought of Noah sitting in that ark, rain pouring down all around him, the world that he knew turning into a vast ocean, and he waited. He was waiting for God to send him a sign that the worst was over. I think of Moses and the Israelites wandering in the desert, waiting for God to bring them to the promised land. I think of the people of Israel waiting in captivity in Babylon, just wanting to go home. And I think of all those fateful first century Jews in Jerusalem waiting for the Messiah. So let's take a moment and look at our scripture reading today and see if we can learn about winning the wait. Now, I think this particular scripture breaks into three actions. The first is the healing of Simon's mother-in-law. The scripture said, as soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. Now, we don't know how long she had been ill. We know that she had a fever, and we know that fever and the causes of fever were misunderstood and very scary to people in Jesus' day. But we also know that the family waited patiently for Jesus to come. They thought about what they could do, and they maintained a calm but direct plan to turn to the one who could bring healing. Simon's mother-in-law won the weight of sickness and returned the favor by serving others. The second action, Scripture says, that evening at sunset they brought to him all who were sick and possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. The whole town turned out and waited. If you've ever been to the emergency room, either as a patient or as a friend or as a family member, you know you wait. You wait for answers. You wait for tests. And you wait for their results. 
I can just imagine the anxiety of those people from Capernaum gathered around Simon's door waiting for that mobile ER unit called Jesus of Nazareth. What they must have been like to just catch a glimpse of Jesus, maybe to reach out and touch his robe or meet his gaze. How desperate they were. How hopeful they were. Resisting the human impulse to just give up and go back home alone, they waited with patience and confidence that Jesus would bring them relief, healing, wholeness. And finally, our scripture reading today says, In the morning, while it was still dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him, and when they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. And he answered, let us, go to our, let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also. For that is what I came to do. And he went throughout Galilee proclaiming the message in the synagogues and casting out demons. Jesus also does some waiting himself. Slipping away for some quiet time with the Father trusting that God would guide him in his ministry, praying for all the people that he had seen in Capernaum and praying for the ministry he still had to do. So what can we learn from this brief lesson as we wait? As we wait for COVID to finally get under control, as we wait for God's kingdom to be revealed to us in full, how can we win the weight at this critical moment in our lives. Here are just some things that I've learned to help me win the weight. First, we obviously need to pray. Jesus sows many times in his brief ministry on earth when things got tough, he would step aside and pray. I think for us, we can specifically pray for wisdom and discernment during our time of waiting. The more we pray over our waiting, the more confident we can be that we are being the disciples God wants us to be. Second, we can resist. Specifically, we can resist external pressures that might affect our life that are motivated by things like partisan politics, bad theology, fear, anxiety, or personal felt needs. It's not that some external pressures aren't worthy of being taken into account. We just should never allow ourselves to be swayed or led astray simply because of an external pressure. Now is the time to listen to that inner voice, that inner compass that we have. I'm sure that people approached Jesus for healing and waited their time to be with him. Their minds were probably had some doubt. We all know in the Bible of doubting Thomas and others who struggled with their belief. But resist it. Resist the negativity and cling to the good. Cling to the positive. Cling to the holy. Third, maintain. Specifically, maintain a clear sense of your true north in terms of your faith and values. There is much talk these days of what we can do or want to do. But there's not a lot of talk about what we should do. Always go with the should. If you've prayed about it, God will give you direction. 
Now, we have a favorite phrase in our home. It's called, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Know your values. Trust your heart. Listen to, that, listen to God's still, small voice in the raging storm that we face. Stay true to yourself and tr- stay true to God. Maintain your faith and think. Specifically, think long-term about your faith life and about your life in Christ. Not your career track, not your retirement goals, but think about your faith journey. Your life is on a continuum with God. That's why it's called a journey. There are detours, roadblocks, reversals of direction, but if you think about your current situation and how the steps and practices you participate in today that will help grow your faith life, it will help you tomorrow, next month, next year, and beyond. Think about what are you doing today, Sunday, February 7th, to be the person that God called you to be. And finally, trust. Specifically, trust God. The people of Capernaum trusted Jesus that he would give them relief from their troubles. They waited patiently for him to heal and restore them. The disciples trusted Jesus enough to leave their nets and follow him. Where do you place your trust? So, my friends, I want to leave you with this. We can win the wait. We can win the wait for COVID to finally come to an end. We can win the wait for the political turmoil in our country to turn to unity and working together for everyone's betterment. We can win the wait in our personal struggles and conflicts when our daily practices of faith draw us closer to God. Now, if you're struggling with this, if you're having a a problem or a struggle, call one of the pastors. Peter, Lib, myself, we would love to explore with you how you might win the weight. This church is blessed with strong leadership, elders, deacons, Stephen ministers, and others who are called to serve. They can all walk with you in your journey and help you win the weight. Ultimately, our purpose as a church is to help the whole congregation draw closer to God. So let me close with these words from the writer of Hebrews. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would approach God must believe that God exists and that God rewards those who seek him. So let us continue to seek God and God's call that has been placed on our lives by winning the weight. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.